All right. So uh, this is Put It On Record, the podcast about DJing hosted by DJs. Uh, once again, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I am, of course, one of the hosts, DJ Byrne, of course. Uh, and I have my two co-hosts here. Alfred and Riccio. Yeah. And, uh, you know, fresh off, you know, vacation, smelling like vacation, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, we have a very, we have a very special guest in the building. Um, I, you know what? I'm going to save it. I'm going to say what I was about to say. I'm, I'm going to save it. <laughs> But yeah, we have uh, DJ B Ready and the Liza Effect. Hi. Welcome. What's up? What's up? Welcome. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. How was everybody's weekend? It was great. The weekends go by so quickly. What did we do? Girl, I just had to look at my calendar because I'm like, what did I do? Right. Over- <laughs> right. We had an event. Yeah, we had Clink on Friday. Clink, Clink. And, and then, then I hopped in my other bag and I'm trying to get the house together. So. Last year I was very pregnant, so I'm trying to do some gardening and oh, nice together. Yeah, nice. not Brian's favorite thing to do, but I love it. Yeah, I'm not a gardener either, Chair. <laughs> so I'm trying to keep these succulents alive. <laughs> so I had a couple house plants. Um, I looked over one day and there. <laughs> I was like, help! I no, I learned later that they were weevils. I know what weevils are. Yes. Basically look like ticks, maybe like a little spider or something. There was like four or five of them in a bunch, just yeah. chilling on a leaf. Yeah. And they never, they went outside, never came yeah. back. <laughs> never, no, never them again. I would have vacated the house. Yeah. They're very hard to get rid of. So they're like spider mites. Yeah. That's no good. So I did right by um, tossing them on the porch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people say you can revive them, but like, I don't have time to be out here bathing them multiple times. Sometimes they can spread to other plants. Like, I just get rid of them when they have bugs. I'm done. The girl, they was on the. I, I mean, I did leave them on the back porch, let them soak up some sun for a little while. You know, threw some water in there every now and then because I felt guilty. But they never came back in the house. I, I get it. Yeah. No, Reva left spiders. You know. Um. So, as I say on every interview uh the per- the whole purpose of this podcast is to have these conversations with uh djs that i'm fans of because we don't really get to talk um during the you know during the gigs before or after um so we want to have these conversations in long form so i got a boatload of questions in front of me i really don't this is like five of them. <laughs> um but the first question um the first two questions are standard the first question is can you tell us about your most embarrassing moment as a dj Yeah. Mm. So we had talked about this at Orange Soda a little bit. So I really had time to think about it. (laughs) So for me, you know, I'm I'm new to this. When we first started having Clink, we were having it at our bar. Mm -hmm. And I was so nervous. This was like the first time that I was really hosting an event and DJing an event with him. Mm. And he does this thing when we DJ together, where like he uses the crossfader a lot. And I don't. I do not use it. So I had my headphones. I was relying on my headphones heavily. The crossfader was all the way to the other side. So I'm vibing. I, it sounds great in my headphones and nothing is playing out loud. Like nothing is playing. So he ran over and he was like, oh my God, you didn't turn the crossfader over. So it was like very embarrassing for me. I'm pretty sure a lot of people didn't even really notice, but like, you know, when you mess up. Right. Right. That was my most embarrassing moment. It was a solid like minute. And you know, that's a long time. That's a long, that long time with no music. That's a fact. You have both ears people, covered? People definitely know. Yes. And she had her headphones uh, on. That makes sense. Okay. okay. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I know you don't. You don't have one I, on, I one off. <laughs> um, a follow up question since you're newer. How long did it take you to learn to turn the effects off when you're transitioning? If that was an issue, because it was an issue with a couple people on this call. <laughs> Turning the effects off, like, not... mean, like just letting it play out for a long time. <laughs> no, like when you're transitioning to another song, like let's say you were on this deck, uh-huh. you transitioned to this deck, but you forgot to turn this deck's effects yes, off. Yes, yes. So when you okay, go back, so it's still going on silent. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. So that was an issue, and I'm trying to think of how long that really took. 
I feel like once I started doing it at our bar, I was so afraid of being embarrassed that it only took me two or three times before I was like, okay, girl, get it together. Right. Yeah, that's a like two years. So, (laughs) (laughs) especially with the daytime gigs, because you can't see the button that the button's on. Oh my god! Can't see it lit up. Yes. Right. All right. So, your most embarrassing moment. Yes. I haven't had any like crazy oh. embarrassing moments. I knew you were going to say that. Whatever. Um, my most embarrassing was probably the first time I actually DJed in public. So I did a lot of my DJing initially just at the crib. And my first event outside of the crib was in the basement of O Patio for an OSU game. Mm. And I had a super old controller, like didn't even have, it only had RCA inputs. Mm super old controller couldn't figure out how to get set up on their system so like got set up super late then once i finally got going like i'm not good at this point so i'm doing trash transition so it was just i was sweating from the very beginning to the end the whole time that was that was pretty embarrassing yeah that's you know uh, we here lessons learned about uh having the right cables when you go to uh oh yeah because it's right Yes. Especially one that I, you've never been to before. Like just right. being mm-hmm. prepared for, for any type of setup audio Um oh I, I forgot to mention to all the listeners that uh you guys are married. Oh yeah. We are yeah, married. So, yeah. We have a child. Period. <laughs> yes. An entire family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Um but yeah, the second question is um it's a two part question. Um, can you explain your DJ name and if it wasn't the first name, which it usually wasn't, what was the first name? So you want me to go? Yeah, first? you got it. Go ahead. Okay. Um, mine was the first name. Mm-hmm. When so the Liza effect has always been like my Twitter and Instagram handle because when I went away to college, which was at Miami University, no one knew how to say my name. And I just kind of like leaned into it. And so people would always say my alter ego when I would go out was Liza. So I just went with the Liza effect and I told Brian and I were trying to come up with like a better DJ name. And I was like, I already have this thing. Like I'm just gonna, I'm gonna keep it. And so that's how it became a thing. Not a very exciting story. Sasha Fierce with the alter ego. (laughs) (laughs) It works. So yeah. Mine is super basic. So my name is Brian Reddick. Right. <laughs> I literally just dropped the last four letters of my first name and the last letter of my last it name. It works. And then I just have the the corniest, cheesiest saying, um, you don't have to get ready when you be ready. So you know, ran ran with it. I mean that works. <laughs> and as I was uh you know, uh, these two, um, as we were trying to find a name for them, I told them you can call yourself whatever. If you're a good DJ, people are going to call you by that name. And, and that's going to be your real first name for people that don't know you. So as long as you're right. good, you can call yourself whatever you want. Right. Facts. Right. Um, How do you guys introduce yourself, though? Like when people come up to you and they go, oh, my God, you're so cute. What's, you know, what's your name? Where can I find you on social media? Like, do you say your given name or do you say your DJ name? It depends on where we are. So like... During the week, I'm super Brian Reddick. And then, like, if we're out on the weekend and somebody asks me who, like, what my name is, I almost always say be ready. Yeah. And I immediately jump to Instagram. I'm like, here you go. <laughs> 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 Which is why people still are like, Liza, Liza. Like, people call me Liza all the time. And like, I'm our surprise, like, that's not her real name. Whatever. <laughs> people think, well, people thought my name was Bernard for the longest, and that's not it's hilarious, but also now that's your name right i get that who just makes the assumption though from burn to bernard i mean that's the like easier common nickname yeah is it yeah is that a common nickname i feel bernard? like Ernest bernie. goes by urn yeah that's bernie that's bernie fair. yeah that's fair man shout out to uh bi because he thought burn stands for black Ernest. and that's not what that came from <laughs> <laughs> he's like after all these years i didn't know what that meant um, it week. Sorry. that's what it means to me now right right <laughs> no it's just uh when i was in college uh people didn't call me Ernest; they called me earn burn and uh, when i started djing i just, I just cut the earn off there we go that's why it's spelled b-e-r-n and not b-u-r-n so real simple wait have you told us this before 
Yeah, that that was probably on the first episode, if not. I don't think person. that part was on the first episode. Rico, you knew this? No. Okay, new information, brand about. new information, exclusive. Don't pay me no attention. That's the problem. Um, anyway, <laughs> and don't. Sorry. Are y'all are, are the both of you from Columbus? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where did you guys go to high school? I went to Bexley. We both went to white schools. Tree of Life. Tree of oh. Life. Okay, you don't hear that every day. Yeah. Small yeah. little private school, Central yeah. Columbus. And then, so yeah, you went to school with my cousin there. Mm hmm. Tree of Life, right? Yeah, Melvin. Yeah. Oh, yep. Melvin's your cousin? Mm-hmm. He, like my first cousin. We used to change his diapers and everything. Aw, yeah. he's a sweetheart. Love him and Genevieve. Love him. Yeah. No, they're super cute. Yeah. So tell me about um, how music was influential to you guys in high school? Mm. That's a good question. So I didn't really get crazy into music until college. In high school, I was listening to whatever my parents listened to, really. So I, that's where I got super R&B head and then gospel music. So like <laughs> Fred Hammond all day, every day. Music soul child all day every day. Mm, yeah, was all I really listened to in high school. Yeah, so I got into music when I was pretty young. Um, I played classical piano when I was in elementary school, and then went to a white for how long? Three years. Oh, that's- yes. Don't try to play me. <laughs> Period. Alicia play. Keys, who? <laughs> Alicia Keys, who? Don't get me started. That's his, that's his uh, celebrity crush. So that's funny. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoops. You could never. You could never. But anyway, um, yeah, so I didn't stick with it because I was playing like classical music and I wasn't into it. But I do think it was like a very influential, I don't know, part of my music career. And then in high school, I played sports. I went to school with a bunch of white kids. So um, music was like very important to me because that was kind of like my escape. And I just wanted to like, you know, listen to hip hop and R&B. My dad was the person who was really into music. He was really into like Lauryn Hill and um, Sade. and, And old Kanye. And old Kanye and all that. So I discovered, yeah. What's his first um, college dropout when I was in seventh grade? Wow. I know, I know. I know I'm telling my age. But that, like, changed my life. I know that sounds corny because a lot of people say, but that album really just, like, changed the game for me um, because it had, like, a lot of, like, alternative influences, too, and it introduced me to, like, sampling. So that's kind of the album that changed everything for me. Yeah, I feel like College Dropout was – a lot of relatable music for a lot of people that didn't relate mm-hmm. to whatever was out. So yeah, I can definitely see. I, I, I just said wow because I was way out of high school when that came out. So <laughs> a little age difference. So college, um, be ready. Where'd you go to college? I started off at Cedarville and then transferred to Mount Vernon after that. Mount Vernon Nazarene. Mm-hmm. And so, I was Miami. Miami. Okay. What? Um, so you know, colleges is about. You know, it's about learning, but it's also about partying. <laughs> so were there any musical influences, DJs, or anything that you experienced in college that led you to DJing? Or how was the music experience different in college, I, I would say? So <laughs> Cedarville was super strict. So we didn't do, we didn't go to parties, really. There was not a, there was not a music scene. It's in the middle of some cornfields. Mm-hmm. In between, kind of sound like it. Yeah, yeah. In between um, Xenia and Dayton, Xenia and Springfield. Sorry. So like Xenia, Springfield. There's like 30 minutes of cornfields in the middle. There was my college. So my music uh, journey was was very personal. There there was no partying. It was not a group. It was not a group thing. <laughs> Unfortunately. Actually. Yeah, kind of depressing, but you know. I imagine Miami was a different experience. Miami, I was going out every night, period. (laughs) And it was not strict at all. I feel like Miami might be a bigger party school than OU. Watch your mouth. Uh Uh-oh. My sister went to OU. I love OU. I love OU. But I feel like Miami is is crazy. 
So, um, but the music scene was terrible. The music scene was terrible because everyone was just drunk and they didn't care. And, you know, it was like Lil John shot, shot, shots. Like, you know, I don't even know what was playing because I was drunk too, but it wasn't, it wasn't great. And then like the cool thing about college though, there's always that underground music scene. I feel like that's the case pretty much at any school if you're into that kind of thing. So um, I'm trying to remember. So it's escaping me. So the group that Jero used to be a part of, what are, what is it? What are they? Yeah, so I discovered like Fly Union, I discovered Pusha T in college, whenever they would come and um, have concerts on campus, Chance the Rapper I discovered in college too. So I mean, there's some gems for sure. But like the regular nights that we went out, terrible music, unfortunately. So no influential DJs then. Great. So (laughs) (laughs) that's cool. Um, So when did you start DJing? you got okay when and why (laughs) when and why okay so brian taught me how to dj yeah so that's pretty it was pretty standard like we were dating he was like let's just let's just do it um if you know me i'm a really shy person so the hardest part for me is still getting out of my head um Mm -hmm. but yeah so so that was back in 2018 that i that he first started teaching me and my why is crazy. Um, a few years before that, I was actually working as a personal assistant for a DJ in New York. And I went out there to be um, a stylist. <laughs> and I was working with her stylist and I hated it so much. <laughs> they were terrible. They were so mean. Like the fashion industry is crazy. They're so mean. And I just found myself being more interested in her story instead of her stylist and so I just started paying attention she had amazing gigs like the most like the type of gigs that I would want to DJ because I'm not really like a club kind of girl I'm like a cocktail hours like swanky hotels that kind of person so I had never seen that side of DJing and she introduced Mm -hmm. me to that and that kind of sparked my interest and then when I shared that with Brian he was like well we gonna make that happen for you so what kind of music was she what was her genre? It is literally like the same as what I play. It's very like hip hop, R&B, but definitely with a twist with some like alternative yeah. kind of mixes in there. Clink vibes. Sango, Catronata, that kind of thing too. Gotcha. Um, yeah. What I've learned from uh, another DJ we interviewed, DJ Ola, is that a lot of retail locations, especially on the West Coast, have d- live DJs to enhance the experience and uh, unfortunately we don't have a lot of that here i see more of it happening but mm-hmm. definitely in bigger cities like you can go into a uh, like there was an opening for an amazon food store and they had, a, they had a dj there um so and there was a hair salon in vegas in one of the hotels and it was like it looked like a regular hair salon but there was a dj tucked in the corner and he, he was there for like eight that. hours so yeah there, there's a lot of opportunities like that in other cities just not in columbus well, maybe when the Gucci store come in, you know, they set the tone and then everybody else follows. Right. I know, I know somebody that works at the uh, Louis store now, so maybe we can get one of y'all in there. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, what about you, uh, Brian? So I think that mine is kind of twofold. So the first thing is I'm always trying to figure out uh, ways to make more money. Always. And so I was that guy that's always like, yo, we go out every weekend and I'm tired of spending money and not making money doing this. And so DJing was kind of one of those ways where I was like, yo, if I could get good at that, I could get paid to to go out and have fun. Like that would be fire. So that was kind of like always in the back of my mind. And then I think just I didn't really start going out on a regular basis until I graduated college. So 21, 22, hanging out, going to events, um, watching other DJs in Columbus DJ. And I was like, yo, this is fire. This is dope. I think I could try to get into this. So then on Amazon, spent like $100 on a cheap controller and uh, started getting to it. That's funny because uh, I still have my first mixer. It's a Gemini mixer. It was $20 on eBay. Oh and, and, and the fader was rusty. It still is. So, so it used to bleed all the time. But I still have it in my parents' basement somewhere. And uh, I thought it'd be cool to try to DJ with that. Um, but it's not going to work. 
work. So, <laughs> but I still have it. So, um, I have a question. What's that? You said that you wanted to tr- kind of mesh going out to like kick it and make money at the same time. Correct. How did that change once you got into it and you realized like it's for me, it's not always like kicking it. It's a lot more working and, and not having as much fun as I thought I was going to have. Then, you know, like what, how you saw your perception originally was like, oh, yeah, good times. And I was like, no, I really got to work. Like, <laughs> I'm working yeah, I think that especially starting out, I kind of didn't realize what I was getting into with the whole carrying equipment around mm-hmm. two speakers on my back driving like. I got to make sure that I don't, I don't get too lit, but all of my friends are getting lit because I got to take all this equipment home. I'm for sure driving. I can't get an Uber. So there was that aspect of it that I didn't really think all the way through getting into it. But I think that I still have a lot of fun when I DJ. Even, you know, you do all that setup. You're going to have to tear down. There's that three, four hours where I'm like, yo, I'm having fun. I'm still able to to have a couple of drinks. I'm still able to talk to people or interact with people. So I, I think that agreed, there were some aspects of it that I, I was not really prepared for and aren't the funnest, but I think it's still fun overall. And then there's, you know, picking your spots better. So like the clink event is pretty easy. We take one small speaker, we're in and out. Yeah. We set up pretty quickly and easily and we're able to have a lot of fun mm-hmm. where that's different than like a, a wedding where I have to take mm-hmm. a thousand things. The whole, the whole kit and caboodle got to go. <laughs> also, also taxing them for that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so, so I'm yeah. making it back. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a fact. And I'm glad you mentioned that because as, as a side note, weddings are a sham. Uh, when we got to Jamaica, I, I, we had a zero balance. And then they did their little tour and we sat in this room. And I was looking around this room like, oh, they about to take us up top. So they kept naming all this stuff. <laughs> and of course, my wife, my lovely wife was not saying no to anything. She had to have it. So we added a couple racks to the bill easily. But when it came to the sound, I was like, uh, well, I'm not paying for no bum-ass DJ. So just give me the speakers. So I paid $450 for one 15-inch speaker that was in terrible shape. And it took 30 minutes for me to hook my phone up to it via Bluetooth. And the Bluetooth range was so short, I had to stand next to the speaker almost. We paid $450 for that. So... Um, and they're like, what you going to do? Bring a speaker with you? Right. So, you know, right. um, I actually have a eight inch um, EV that I use for as a monitor. I could have definitely brought that on the plane and right. plugged that shit in because that would have been better than what they had. So $450 for some bullshit. Anyways, I'm sorry. That's Not funny. Today. And now that you say that, the first time that we've actually traveled out of the country was, where were we at? Cabo? Mm-hmm. Was to Cabo. And we were, I was DJing for a friend's wedding. And he had gone down there to like test out the see the venue and look at what they had and didn't like the DJ. So he hit me up, asked if I would DJ their wedding. So we got a free trip to Cabo because he paid for my flight and for my room. And then we just split her flight because we were dating at the time. So mm-hmm. we just split her flight and we were out there for what, three days? It was the best. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, it was amazing. But to your point, their, their systems and their DJ setups are, are, not, are no bueno. And this... <laughs> The DJ they had there for the wet the, the wedding the night before us was playing. I actually tweeted about this. He was playing Chris Brown with you with the DJ drops on it. The same version I got. That's how I recognized it. And that song's 15 years old. Why don't you have the CD quality version? And he's playing Crank That Soldier Boy, but the one that Soldier Boy made in his basement before he blew up, not the <laughs> one he really in the studio. So I was like, Y'all paying seven hundred dollars for this? That's crazy. Right. That is the kind of. I mean, that's what they listen to down there, though. Um, all the older stuff. So you guys just did a. Did you have a playlist? Yeah, I, I made a Spotify playlist, and um, I I really just controlled it from my phone. Like every two songs, I would get up, throw some stuff in the queue, um, and it actually went pretty well just from my phone. So yes, I get that. We made a playlist for our wedding too because we were like, you know, this is this is how we get to hear everything we want to hear. Right. And I brought my controller, but I didn't have everything I needed to plug into the speaker. Otherwise, I'll. Like, right. you, you, I not you took it. Nah, um, I took the small one, the uh, SB3, the one that just got the. You RCA's. know, he probably snuck it. He was probably like, right. that's the last thing right. he put in. Nah, I was definitely in my carry on. I was about to break it out on the plane and make a mix on the plane and try to record some content. My wife was like, nah, go to sleep. I know that's right. <laughs> oh, all right, whatever. Enough. So. All right, so that sounds so familiar. <laughs> and then I was supposed to um, go on the balcony of the 
of the hotel and do some stuff out there, like as far as video content. And then I just got drunk. So, oops. Um, but we're going to New Orleans in two weeks. I'm going to try to do it in New Orleans instead. Yeah. Um, so, back well, to. Speaking. Oh, go, sorry, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, well, you know, speaking about all this coupley thing, you know, um, you guys do a joint event together. And I feel like you guys are also starting prom- to promote yourself as a joint, you know, package. What are some of the advantages of doing that? And then also in your own personal journeys, like still creating your individual brand? Yeah. Great question. So as far as advantages go, I'll speak to the advantages. I'll let her take the disadvantages. <laughs> um, as far but, uh... as the advantages go, I feel like we have a very uh, niche um what's the marketing so like very Mm -hmm. different than a lot of the other things that are happening in Columbus so I think that that helps us kind of stand out and stand out from the other events that are going on so I think that that's a really big advantage okay Another, so I'd say another advantage for me is I've talked about how I'm more shy when Brian and I are DJing together, it's a totally different experience for me. I feel Mm. the most comfortable. Like if you ever come to clink and you see me, then I'm acting crazy. And you're like, who is this person? (laughs) I'm just like very comfortable doing that with him. Um, It's a lot of fun. So I would say that's another advantage. And then as far as just like keeping our brand separate, so his is a lot more established, right? So when I started doing this, I'm like, I don't want to get lost in the sauce. I want to have my own sound. And I feel like it naturally just happened because our music taste, we have a lot of overlap, but the Bexley in me is still there. And (laughs) I'm a little more alternative than him. So we, we just naturally have a little bit of a different sound because he's more R&B than me. Mm. So, so yeah. Yeah. And to your point, yeah, I started sooner. So I think it was easier for me to kind of keep those events that I was already doing to keep rolling forward with those, even though we were doing things together. And then I feel like she's been able to tap into her network as well with a, especially a lot of um, women's events mm-hmm. that obviously, you know, I'm not getting into that lane. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of like my, my dream lane. I'm very like mom life, you know, wife life. So I love doing stuff like that. Nice. I want to, I want well, he's kind of big now, but I- I'm hoping to see him in like the carrier with you, DJ. Like, right. Oh, yes, <laughs> so I do practice um, like that with him. I most of my practice sessions are with him because if he hears me DJing, he's going to wake up. My office is mm-hmm. so I have a setup in here and his room is literally right next door. Mm-hmm. So I'm holding him all the time and he messes with stuff like he's going to be a little DJ. He's <laughs> always messing with things. Um, but yeah, I do put him in the carrier. But listen. He's too heavy for the carrier. Yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah. He ain't little chair. No, he's not. He's not. That's dope, though. Um, I wanted to rewind and ask, uh, I probably can guess what the answer is for one of you. Who was your biggest influence when it comes to DJing? Like, who'd you take something from? Who'd you study? And so on and so forth. That's an easy one for me. It's probably Reese, just because... (laughs) I was around that group so much that even when I first, even before I first got my controller, I could easily just go behind the DJ booth and just stand there and just stare at what he was doing. So I think that that definitely reads for me. Yeah. And for me, it's Brian, but it's also Kitty Cash, which is the DJ I worked for in New York. I love her. Yeah. So she, her music taste, I've, I'm like, oh, we have that similar taste. So I definitely still try to pull from her even years later. Nah, she's dope. Yeah. Dope. And see, the listeners can't say that I've set this question up so people can say me because I knew y'all wasn't going to say me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Every other time it's like, oh, it's you, Burn. I'm like, oh, me? Me, me. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's cool. Um, we're going to take a quick break. And um, we have a reoccurring segment called put us on is when we uh put the listeners on to some music that they may not be familiar with um doesn't have to be necessarily be a new song but just a song that you feel like needs a little bit more exposure um i'm gonna give you guys some time to prepare um i want to go first because i'm actually ready and i don't have to look this song up 
Because the song that my wife walked down the aisle to, it's uh, Rotimi, I Do. I wasn't hip to this song before. Had, you know, there's usual wedding songs. And it's the same old songs. But this was actually a new one. So Rotimi, I Do. Use that in your future weddings, everybody that's listening. Because um, it's a great song. So. You mean Dre from Power? So, yes. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my choice this week, this artist is relatively new to me. I'm not sure if he's new or not, but his name is Olu Bliss. And the song is called Smooth Sway. Um, so, you know, I had an event that required me to, um, find some, trap music um this past weekend and one song that like i came across and i was like i mean it is kind of trap but it also is i don't know it's kind of versatile um it's surround sound by jid 21 savage and young baby tape it's very very good pick yes i'm looking pressure pressure. (laughs) i think eli has a song he wants to share with everybody Is it yeah, from Sesame yeah. Street? Baby Shark? <laughs> nah, we're not doing Easy, Baby Shark. Yeah, he's not into that. <laughs> yeah. I'd be over here going crazy. <laughs> so for me, this is funny too. So I don't know if you guys actually look at those little, um, if you have an iPhone, you know those little memory videos they come up with? Yeah. Sometimes they have bangers on there. <laughs> like, on bangers. They, yeah. I know what you're about to say. So they have, um, they had a Tom Mish, I think that's how you say his last name, Tom Mish, or, um, beat tape his first beat tape um is really fire and it's got some really good like cocktail type songs uh you don't have a lot of vocals so i love to kind of mix some instrumentals in there always i just feel like it's different and they they blend really well with songs that do have vocals so check that out what you got yeah so i think i'm gonna go with the artist because i can't just pick one of his songs but denzel curry Basically everything that that man puts yeah. out. Definitely underrated for sure. Yeah. You, um, wait, are we recording these now, or is Malcolm still writing these songs now? Uh, you know, I'm supposed to be writing them down, and I'm not. But <laughs> since I, you know, I, I, got a ten, I, I got some free time until June, um, I'm going to go through and make a playlist, and so that it's readily available. Because I said I was supposed to, and it's just about time to be accountable. Um, I do want to go off the path a little bit here. Um, we, we did have some uh, follow-up questions, but you brought up liking to, um, you, you like to um, add some instrumentals. and um, I would say that you guys together probably, um, you have a very diverse um, music that you play um, as far as the Columbus scene. And I feel like a problem is people only, like certain people, only like to party to the songs that they know. So how do you feel about that? Um, and how does that go into your preparations for gigs? It's a good question. I feel like it varies depending on where you're at, but like for Clint specifically, I think because of the time that we want to do it, we want it to be a cocktail hour vibe that kind of goes into the rest of Friday and into your weekend. So it's really easy to start out with songs that like we really like, but not might not be super popular, like the Tom Mish song that she's talking about or anything Denzel Curry. I can play during that beginning time to get people familiar with those types of songs because they are fire. And then, you know, once it's about to hit 11 o'clock, we can play a bunch of Drake. So everybody stays happy. <laughs> okay. Cause that's what I'm there for. I'm there for champagne poppy, honey. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I bring this up because on the last episode we talked about, uh, I was doing an event and I, I thought I was playing great music um, from popular artists, but it, because it wasn't music people were familiar with music that people can't sing along with, then they weren't having a good time. And so part of me is like, fuck. and the other part is like, I don't want people leaving saying like, oh, he, he had a terrible set, even though right. that they, their opinion on what a ter- terrible set is doesn't really, really matter because mm-hmm. they don't know what they're talking about. But I mean, I feel like we're in the customer service business and it's like half giving people what they want and half other half giving people what they didn't know they, they needed. Right. Agreed. Right. 
And then I will clubs. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 you go, you go. I was just gonna say with clubs, it's also easier to find songs with good beats. Like there's a lot of songs that I play at forum that I'm like, yo, this song sounds nice at forum. <laughs> <laughs> just mm-hmm. because of the beat and the sound system and i probably wouldn't play that song anywhere else i do i was just gonna say that sometimes i miss being in the earlier slots because you have freedom to get those songs off you want to introduce people to or just maybe not a song you would typically play at like a prime time hour but when you're in that prime time hour because you don't want everybody looking at you like you're stupid you don't I feel like sometimes you don't get to experiment as much. You don't have as much freedom as you'd like to to get some of the things that you, the songs that you think are are bangers off. Right. Right. I think for me, to be honest, I'm a little more selective about events for that reason. Um, So I'm doing this just to have fun. That's it. I got a lot of other stuff going on in my life. And so if I feel like at an event, I'm not going to be able to show up as myself, then I don't want to do it. And I, not to sound bad, but I don't want to do it because I just feel like um, there's so many spaces in Columbus where people will trust you to kind of do what you want to do. And, and I just, I try to stay in those spaces. To me, if you don't want to hear new music, then you don't appreciate DJs at all. And I just, yeah, I don't want to be in that kind of space. I'm definitely cutting that up and put it on. I was about to say that. <laughs> that is the quote of the, of the my episode. Hero. <laughs> um, and I also want to say, um, I I feel like I enjoy the cocktail hour vibes more. Like, and that's why you know, R.I.P. Arbar. That's why I miss Arbar so much because it's like people come in there to listen to music and drink. It, you ain't got to like mm-hmm. dance, turn up. Any, they're not really really even a dance floor, so they're more receptive to hear uh, good music, uh, regardless of if they're familiar with it or not. So you can kind of. Mm-hmm you know, get some shit off in there. So, um, yeah, maybe I just need to be more selective and not just accept everything. But I you know, you do what you want. You've been in the game a long time. So. I mean, <laughs> you would think so, but the way people critique me is like, uh, you know, this ain't my first day. I don't, I don't know. Right. Um, <laughs> what, um, as far as equipment, what, what, what kind of equipment do you guys prefer or do you use on a regular? Yeah, so I, I like our Pioneer SX3, that's my go-to. I know Brian can kind of, that's, I think that's what your favorite controller as well. So we use that together. Correct. So typically I would use the Rain 72 mixer and then two reloop turntables and then also have the phase. So I didn't have to keep buying the cartridges. But then when we started doing events together, I kind of got into this mode of just picking up one bag and just walking out the house. I have this one bag. I have my stand in that bag and I have the one power cord in that bag done. Doing that versus, and Burn, I know you know this, versus carrying all these cases, carrying the mixer. You got to carry a thousand cores. You got to connect those things up. It takes it like an hour to set up versus the two seconds to, to plug in the RCAs or the quarter inches into the back. So I would say that I use the controller out of laziness. And I'm happy about that because I'm afraid of the mixer. We're working on it. It's a process. At least you no, guys have that in home to work on. Exactly. Yeah. Um what um this is a super nerdy question. What cartridges did you use before phase? Uh I think I had, they were cheap. I had like some new mark joints. Mm. I, I didn't, I didn't invest in them the way I should have initially, which was fine because then I just quickly transitioned to the phase. I'm a, you talk about being a nerd. I'm a super nerd. So like, I love getting into new technology, whatever it is. So when the phase came out, I was like, oh, bet I'm doing that. Yeah. I, like, I, I was one of the first adopters because I already knew it was going to change the game. The, the biggest problem was being in dusty ass places um, and then dust on the records and you have to like clean yep. the needle and you need to balance the tonal iron, all this other stuff that um, I never have to do ever again. So that's great. Have you ever thought about doing like a rain 12 or something? Mm-mm. I have not. Yeah, I just, I, I love that, that rain 72. All that equipment he has upstairs. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> throw that fire. 
It's crazy. It looks like a spaceship upstairs. Uh, <laughs> I, I be peeping his yeah. on IG and I'm like, how does he? Girl, he took over the whole thing. <laughs> how do you know what to use? How do you know what buttons to put? Like, I, I, I was YouTube like, oh. University. Facts. Yeah. Facts. YouTube teaches you everything. I learned how to change a alternator in a 98 uh, Jetta off of YouTube. <laughs> and then two, I believe um, it. So, okay. I'm sorry. Um, Alexis, you had a question? Oh, I feel like we kind of talked about this, um, but like your favorite genres to play. And since we've kind of talked about genres, maybe like your like three songs you love to get off, whether it's for you or for the crowd. Mm. 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 Genres, definitely. My favorite genre to play is definitely kind of cross between hip hop, R&B and house. So Catronada for sure. I, I play a lot of remixes. I love playing remixes. I think my favorite songs though, like if I could get off Kirk Franklin Revolution oh at an event, it's a, it's a good day. Like I did that, I did it at Clink and she was mad, but people loved it. So it was yeah. cool. <laughs> I just let him do what he does. That's Listen, we turn up to that at my uh family gathering. So if you if I'm ever in the building and you that rings off, I got you. Oh girl, just go to the next event because he's gonna do it. He's gonna do it. Every- I remember a long time ago at Icon, I played uh God in Me by Mary Mary and um did not get good feedback on that. There was a few people that was that was vibing to it, and everybody was looking at me like, I know this is not what I think it is, and I was like. Oh, people love it. Every black person in the building is always just you find out who all the PKs are. And that's really what it is for me. Like if and this the is what at the last clip. If I look up and I see a lot of black people like dancing and yeah. moving, I'm like, oh bet Kirk Franklin. Like my here. tribe. <laughs> here it comes. Yeah. It's gonna work. Actually, I think you started it at Orange Soda and you cut it early and I was so sad because I was just about to get in my bag and, I was <laughs> long and I'm like, wait, we had to hear that course again, baby. Where are you going? <laughs> nah, yeah, it's definitely, um, uh, you know, good music is good music, you know, as long as you're, uh, I don't know. I don't, feel, I, I don't feel no kind of way about it. So, but I know some people do. So that's why I try to sprinkle it in a little bit. Right, right, right. Um, um my favorite genre is rapidy rap rap and <laughs> i i don't have songs i'll give artists so and i burn i know you love him too i love anderson pack so much i love anderson pack so much i like he personality wise music wise love it all um i love Tronada. i feel like it's great for like most audiences um, and then I, I am a forever Kanye person. I don't know what he would have to say for me to not want to play Kanye. I'm not saying. <laughs> I, oh, hold up, let me pull you up a list. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't agree with him. I don't agree with him. But I, I love to play some Kanye. I do old Kanye. So before the I like honestly truly the- being transparent because I I had written him off for a very long time it's some of the new stuff I'm vibing to too and I'm not just talking yeah. about the like the religion yeah music either but that's so good I, 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 He's, it's um, good and the best shoes ever they're so comfortable there <laughs> it is <laughs> she said I'm all in I am, I am. <laughs> But girl, I'm gonna email you that list of stuff you need to look at. <laughs> I, I have the list. I heard it all. I know. I know it's bad. Just but in case he is sick. He is sick, and I do believe that we have to take that into account. So, uh, outside of Clink, individually, what 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 has been your favorite gig that you've DJed? Go ahead. I know my. No, no, no. I need to think. Okay, hips. Mm-hmm. Hips was definitely the my favorite event that I've DJ personally. Yeah, that's I, I I don't know how this sounds, but I often listen to my hip set like off like I'll work out to it because I was like, this is so good. And then hearing like the crowd reaction to it, I was like, man, this was amazing. Oh yeah, man. you yeah. get a lot of reaction from it for sure. So I didn't record it, which was 
idiotic on my part. And I also lost the crate because my laptop, I don't know what happened with my laptop, lost the crate, didn't record it. So I am very upset that I don't even have the track list anymore, but yeah. still, still fun to think about. So you don't, um, you know, Serato has the history file. You don't have that either? I did all that. Oh, man. <laughs> nah, I um, I I actually refer to that crate a lot when I'm trying to find like certain types of vibes. Like I'll go in and be like, "What did I play yeah. with this BPM?" And it's like, oh, "Okay, I forgot about that. Let me do that." Nine times, not nine times, but sometimes you see me looking at my uh phone. It's because I'm going to my calendar. Like, okay, what gig was that? Where I got in that little? I do that all the time. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that was in May. All right, and I scroll up, grow like, to the history. <laughs> so. I have okay that sparks a good it's, question yeah. do you make a different crate for every event i'm gonna no. be real i do i, I do. do yes i have to i used to, I used to. so I you're really just up there feeling it so um sometimes I, I said this on a previous episode it's like um it's kind of like how you organize your cabinets like we know dishes are in there but where they're at is different from every person mm -hmm. and i feel like everybody's serato library is different depending on who you are and so mine's are uh, organized. Mine's organized by decade, and it goes from hip hop, R and B, and other. And then when it goes to twenty twenty, it goes by year. No, twenty. No, twenty fifteen. It goes by year. Um, and then I have like an orange soda crate and some other stuff. But really, when I go to a gig, I'm I like I if I, if I know what they're expecting, I just know what crate to look in. Mm -hmm. um, or like I told you guys before, like I know what song I want to start off with, and it just goes from there. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. I don't. Um, I don't really prepare. Um, sometimes I wish I did because I feel like some events should be structured, but I also don't want to repeat any songs. And so I feel like if somebody else is going to play this, which actually happened at our own event, like these, these two went in front of me. I'm like, man, I was going to play all them songs. And now I'm like, so that's why I just try to prepare. I try to just go up there and vibe. Um, I think the downside of that is that I've, I forget about a lot of songs. Cause I usually just reference stuff I played before instead of yeah. playing like, uh, um, like only a couple months ago did I think to play uh, the Brat and Tyrese What Do You Like at Orange Soda because I like that's never been in my frame of reference so it's like but I was going through music like oh this is of the era this is a great song so now I'm gonna just throw that in there so I think I'm gonna start preparing more but I usually don't I have a question when we do build crates for like particular parties and sets um is it you you throw it together based on a sequence or do you just create a crate and it's like these are the songs i, I want to play and i just got to figure out the rest of it later when i get there that's for everybody for me it depends so for orange soda for like hips i made a crate yeah. and i put it in the order yeah. and i'm like i'm playing these songs in this order and i low-key don't care what the reaction is like i'm getting these songs off and hopefully it goes well but then for stuff like clink i have a 500 song crate yeah. and i'm always just adding more songs to that crate and then i just get to clink and i usually ask her what song are you starting with what bpm you starting with and we just go and then we'll just there. go from there so yeah. it really just depends on like kind of like what bernard saying if it's a more structured event where there's like orange soda where you're like yo you got you have an hour set you need to get in and get out then i will plan my set out gotcha and I'm the same way. I'm the same way. So Orange Soda was the first time that I had ever like curated a set from beginning to end. And because I was first, I'm like, it doesn't matter because no one's going to play this before. <laughs> yes, it does. It does matter. <laughs> you like that. So, it matters. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I was very like, okay, I'm going to play these songs no matter what. And that was actually to go back to your other question. I was so nervous at Orange Soda, but I worked so hard on that set, and I was so proud to be on that stage. So not to sound like a suck up, but that was my <laughs> that was my favorite event. Hey, um, we love having you. And this is why we continue to book DJs, because you know, just to give opportunity for great. DJs. Yes, that was a huge deal for me. That was a huge deal for me. I had never been on a stage before. So like I said, I was nervous, but I was like, this is a lot of fun just being able to put together something that I'm proud of and, you know, mm -hmm. present it to everybody. So. And that crate might work in different um, spaces too. That's, for sure. Oh, listen, for we sure. ran some of that back for Clint because I was like, this was too good. We're going to run some of this back. Right. Um, to answer your question, I, only when I'm like trying to make a mix, 
Well, I, uh, I'll start with a certain song and then just throw other songs into like a, a crate. And that was sorted by BPM. And I'm like, is this a good order? It's not. Or I just try to like, I either, either start fast and go slow. I usually start fast and go slow when it goes to every mix. And so that's usually how I try to organize it by BPM. Not directly in order, but mm-hmm. like faster than slower. So if something's yeah. like 99, then 97, then 98, like that, that's okay. It doesn't have to be exact in order. But that's right. usually how I try to sort everything is by BPM. Um, cause that's usually the best way to make a mix. So, yeah. yeah. I have another question too. How firm are you in your next song choice? Like say you want to put, um, real love and then you're thinking be happy, but then there's like another option. Like, do you ever toggle with that in your head? Like, do I want to play this next one? Do you look for something different? Are you pretty firm? Nope this is the song I'm playing. I know that I want to play this next and that's just what you do. So for me, it depends on how comfortable I'm in the space. Um, (laughs) It's like, you can see, I, if I, if you see me going back and forth between a lot of things, I'm like, I don't know if this is going to hit here or not. I don't know. But if I'm like very comfortable, then I'm like, we're doing this and it's going to be a thing. And then sometimes I just have to try to, sorry, we're having an explosive diaper situation, but, um, But yeah, and then sometimes it just like, if it doesn't work, like if I'm trying it out and I'm like, this is, it's not going to work, then I'm like, okay, it's cool. We have other options. So other options. What about you, Byrne? I am. I, so this is everything that I'm doing when when I put a song on. I usually already have the other song picked. So I'll load that. I'll play, I'll play a little piece of it. I might even like, play a big piece of it so the crowd can hear it to get that reaction. And then I might move on to another song. Or I'll, I'll be standing there. I'm thinking like, you know, we'll go better. I'll find it real quick. I'll put the song that's on, the next song that's on the deck into the prepare section so I don't lose it. And then put the other song up there and see like, oh, this is better. Or not. I don't know. And, you know, and just, or or I'll, I'll have the next song ready to go. And I'll be going through. And I'll just keep, I'll pick like two or three more songs that I think will go good after that. But it's all just about what's happening uh, in the moment. Um, everything is up for change. So even down to the last minute, like I'll be, it'll be like seven counts before the chorus and I'm typing in a song and I'm loading it and they can't load fast enough. And I hit and it loads and I hit play right when the transition starts. So yeah, everything's up for uh change. Some of my best sets come from me thinking I knew what I was going to play and then just jumping out the window. Like, jump in this crate and see what's in here that I might be able to mix that I didn't think of that doesn't feel familiar I like to I probably should do it more when I'm practicing than in front of crowds but I like to challenge myself in that way like let me see if I can pivot real quick and if not I'll just you know play what I know works in that moment when you're trying something out for the first time in front of a crowd and it hits oh my god man at orange soda tell you anything it's great I uh what cocaine feels like. I feel like <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> isn't this why we all do this? Is to play that song and get that reaction. It's like euphoria when you play the song and everybody, the people either yell or they look at you like, you know, they they do all that and it's like, oh, yes, give me more. I need more power. Um, I was at Orange Soda and I mixed, um, I think it was Young Blood's Damn with Panic at the Disco, and when it was looping in my in my, in my in my ear, my heart was beating so fast. Like this is either gonna go crazy, right. or it's gonna, get a, it's gonna get no reaction. And then when when I when I put it on and people start singing, I, I'm sure I looked at our cameraman and I was just like, No, that was <laughs> I remember that moment because I was like, This is crazy, and, and and that's why I like. That's kind of why I like. To your point, there's some events I'll tell people I'm not available for because I don't want to do it. Cause I already know you're not gonna let me do like like let, mm-hmm. like let me off the leash. That's why I like doing my own events. Cause it's like I'm trying to do something different. Like I want people to come and be like, I can't believe he played X Y Z, and not just the club bangers and for people for people just popping bottles and not dancing just on their phone or just on IG saying they're having a, having a good time. I want people to really go, even if it's in a R bar setting where people come and watch the game, but they're like vibing watching the game. And I'm like, okay, that that's that's good enough for me. Because you you're super focused on whatever's on TV, but also tapping your foot or dancing in your chair or whatever. So, 
I saw a tweet today, and this may not apply to our guests since they're so particular about the gigs they take and what they play. They might not experience this as much as uh, the three of us do, but the tweet said, why do all DJs play the same songs? I just didn't know if y'all wanted to answer that or not. Like, what was your take on that? I feel like we probably answered this every episode thus far, but I just wanted to throw it out there because I saw the tweet. Why do all DJs play the same songs? Yeah, I mean, I think that in Columbus, there are a lot of people who may feel pressure to play exactly what their people want to hear. And if their people want to hear Travis Porter, and I'm using that example on purpose because I feel like that icebreaker bag (laughs) it's a thing it's Mm -hmm. a thing because people want to feel like they're at an icebreaker again for nostalgic I don't know why you want to go back (laughs) (laughs) um and so they want to play what their people want to hear there is that pressure I mean you know you have your people who are like oh you know I want to hear this and if all they want to hear are those kinds of songs okay I guess that's what we're listening to so there are some people that came to hips when I was DJing and they expected to hear like nineties R and B. And I, that's definitely not what I was doing. Like I, like I played, um, um, vanity six and they're looking at me like, I'm like, man, this is good music. Like, if you, if you don't know this expecting anything, don't expect anything there. That's people don't read the flyers. That's the real <laughs> question. Why do you people cannot read. Don't get me started on people reading flyers. Oh yeah. <laughs> No, let's get them started. Yes. How often <laughs> do y'all have like your own people say like, okay, what time is this event? And it's on the flyer. Or where is it? Are you okay? It's my best friend. It's in my comment. <laughs> yeah. It's on my story. That's, That's why I don't even send flyers. I just tell them where I'm going to be because clearly you don't care about the flyer. Right. You just right. want me to tell you. Right. I, as somebody that makes the flyer, I know this information is on here. And yeah. very clear fonts, very detailed. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't. Um, I'm just like here, but yeah, yeah, just just come or go to the website or you know, whatever. I don't know. Um, uh, Risa had to drop off, and we're gonna wrap this up in a second anyway. Um, I forgot. Did you have a question? Well, I asked mine. Okay, cool. Um, there, I, there was one I had. Oh. Um, we kind of already talked about this, but uh, what, what's the ultimate goal with DJing? Mm. Mm. I wouldn't say I have an ultimate goal except to just keep having fun and keep using it as a way to, you know, do something together mm-hmm. with my wife and then just to find ways that to have fun outside of, you know, the regular nine to five. I would I wouldn't say I have any like written down i'm trying to do this in 2023 type dj goals yeah i think for me um brian and i definitely use it as a way for us to still have something just with just the two of us um so that became more of a goal for me obviously after eli got here um and then for clink i do have goals as far as like wanting to try it out in different venues bigger venues reach more people um so that's definitely a thing i'm always kind of thinking about when it comes to clink but yeah just keep having fun and keep finding opportunities that make sense for our branding my branding and i take that back one goal i do have is to is djing in other places so i do like to be a i do you know i've djed in cabo i've djed in you know other cities but so i think that when we're traveling or if I have opportunities to travel and DJ in other places, that is one goal I do have. Now you produce music too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, but does mom produce music? Mom does not produce music. But is that where you draw the line? <laughs> I have produced a track, right? So somebody asked me to make a theme song for their YouTube channel. 
And I'm up there with Brian all the time. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to pick out some things. So he is driving and I'm just picking out stuff. And I'm like, yeah. how do you do this? You just listen to the same sound. Yeah, the same kick over, over and over again. Over oh, and that kicks sound good. That kicks sound good. Bad, bad. The same I'm snare. Like, that's I don't good. know. There's a hundred of them. So no, that is not my thing. I think I see the overlap, but they are so different. You know, DJing and producing. What's it feel like to produce a beat? and want to just play it to, to, from start to finish to know where you started to completion and press and play on it what does that feel like and then what does it feel like to play something you produced and to get like a ridiculous reaction as far as producing a song start to finish like it, it feels really good to be able to you know produce a song master song if you're going to release it release the song and i think that I would think that a lot of DJs, because that's how I started. Like I DJed first and I would always say, hey, I wish this did that. I wish this sounded like this. I wish this, you know, I wish there was this sound there. And then I was like, I'm going to just figure out how to do it so I can stop saying I wish and just do it. And so, you know, and I, I tell people, if you can learn how to use a controller, you can learn how to use Ableton Live. So it's there's a lot of technical aspects to it, but it is not that difficult to get into it once you get into YouTube University. And it's, it's a lot of fun. One thing I... too many buttons for me. One thing I've, I, I noticed about you before I even met you or talked to you is that you seem like you're very... Um, you do you do research before you make a decision. Like You're, you're very into research and products and probably... Um, yeah, just doing research. And you seem very meticulous. Is that ac accurate? Yes. <laughs> and you probably have to be because of your day job. That makes you very detail-oriented and all that. Correct. Yeah. My, pro my problem is it's just so much programming that goes into making a beat. I'm not meticulous at all. I don't like sitting here and doing the same thing over and over again and moving this beat this way and moving. And then making like this sequence and then that sequence and that sequence and that sequence and then repeat. Yeah. Like all of that, I'm like, I I'd rather just make a loop. But then loops don't sound good. Right. Yeah. So like right. I have a lot of fun with that. You know, I, I usually start off with the loop. I'll spread that loop out and then I'll go in and just tweak and stuff or, along the way to until you get kind of like a, a full track. Oh, so I mentioned the research part. Why Ableton and not other programs? So I started out with FL Studio because the guy who taught me, P. Holla, Pat. He had FL Studio, so I was like, okay, I'm going to just get that so we can do it together. And FL Studio was cool, but I also like hardware. So I, I'm kind of in this mix of do I like software more or do I like hardware? And Ableton Live was created to combine software and hardware. So it was kind of just the natural progression for me. As I got more hardware, I needed a tool that was better. At, at bringing those two things together. And then once I got Ableton Live, I kind of hit the ground running. No, no turning back. And no, uh, no logic? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what you about to say? I think I would make a good puff. That's all I was going to say. Like, I don't touch much, but I can tell you that this type of sound needs to be here, move that yeah. over there. I think hey, I could do need, that. You need that person in the room. You do. Well then, let's have me you in the room, have me over y'all. <laughs> He's always trying to do that. He's like, come upstairs, right, just cause... tell me what sounds good. Cause I'm that person too, but it's just like to sit there, I'm with Burn. like it is just, it's very meticulous. Yeah. And so it, like you were talking about getting lost in the sauce, like listening to the same loop a thousand times, your ear just, assumes it sounds good because you've listened to it too many times so like having that person who can or you know stepping away you know taking a rest and then coming back yeah. or having that person who could be like actually nah bro that's not good you just listen to it a thousand times when's the last time you made a song it's been a minute it's really been a minute. we were just talking about nice. it earlier today it's been a yeah. minute because uh because this guy this we got we got one coming soon though we talked about an idea we we gonna make that happen yeah i know that's right <laughs> my um talking about goals i don't know if i said this on the podcast one of my goals is to play an hour of music that i produced um and i'm like, like i'm like three minutes into that so i'm gonna get the rest <laughs> of it together and then uh that'll be cool to be able to just do my own music and have people actually enjoy it um because it, it, it's, it's just i feel like it's a different type of feeling to people have see people dancing to your song and they'll be like oh you made this oh right right song. like yeah 
definitely a different vibe. Um, I think that's it. Um, any other questions? Don't forget, you have any questions? It's where we can find you guys online. Oh yeah, definitely so, social media. Oh, before we do that, um, yeah. since we're all here together, do you have any questions for? And general DJ questions. Do you guys like have any questions? No, have or, we ever asked that before? We haven't, but I just feel like it should be, it should be a two way conversation. I feel like, or right. do you have? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say there were a couple times where I was like, I want to ask them that question. So for me, I don't fret. I'm curious how you came up with your name because I do like those stories. Oh my god. Um. <laughs> so I am a fixer by nature. It just. I'm inherently always trying to solve everyone else's problems. And um, it was kind of just something that I've always said or some variation of it. But my my younger sis, my youngest sister, she called me one day with a problem. And I was like, calm down, don't fret. We're gonna figure this out. And then it it the I had been trying to come up with a DJ name for a while and it literally just clicked. I'm like, that's kind of, I don't know, it's, it's kind of stupid. People aren't gonna get it. Um, but it just made the most sense. Like, and the, and the two part to that is I'm very confident that if you come to something that I'm spinning at, you're going to have a good time. You don't have to worry or fret about having a good time. So okay. I like that. Right. Banger. I like that. Outside of questions, uh, is there anything you want uh, our listeners to know about you guys individually or together? Anything? You, you got anything you want people to know? <laughs> we are, this is fun. So we're going to announce this here because this is just seems like a cool place to announce it. But we are world exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> ah, congratulations. Yes, nice. yes. So everyone send up their prayers for a baby girl, please. <laughs> oh my goodness. So <laughs> when you said we have another one coming, I was, yeah, I, 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 I was, I was about to say like, a baby or a song? <laughs> and you right. want to know something else that's funny? We might as well just tell the whole story. This is an orange soda baby. Yes, you have to say that. <laughs> We're all adults. I feel like it's a funny story. I know that's right. Yes, yeah. So we will find out the gender next week. So we're excited about that. This was totally not planned. So we were like shook. We were both very shook because, you know, babies are a lot. But we're excited. And you have one right there in your lap. I don't mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Prayers to you guys. So, I definitely was going to say, oh, baby number two. But I've learned that that's like rude. Yeah. You know, yeah. people will tell you when they're ready. So I was just sitting on it. And then, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Grand reveal. <laughs> so this episode's coming out tomorrow, May 5th. So I hope you guys are ready to. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. We already started telling people today. So yeah. right, cool, cool, cool. Congrats, guys. Well, congratulations. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I, I guess that's it. This is, uh, oh, social media. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Liza effect on Twitter and Instagram. Yep, and then just DJ Be Ready. No underscores, no spaces. DJ Be Ready on Twitter and Instagram. And then BeReadyMusic.com for the mm-hmm. website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very important yeah. website there. Okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this has been great. Um, Thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Um, thank you guys for sharing uh, that that great news with us and everything else. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, do, do you guys have a date for the next clink? We do. Yeah. The 27th? Yes, 27th. So I believe that's the last Friday of May and Memorial Day weekend. So Damn. weather is nice. It should be. Nice Man, every time. Wait, so it's but it's 7 to 10 though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So... May 27th is when we bring in DJ Drama to a forum. Oh, uh, well, it's a good pre Yeah, so I'm saying like that, I, I could come to that. And, yeah. You know, you know, yeah so definitely. So May 27th, 7 to 10, clink at Bodega. Yes, sir. And then slide on over to Orange Soda after that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this has been uh, Put It On Record. Uh, please share with your friends, um, and we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you Sounds for good. having Thanks for having us. us. Bye. Bye.